climbed up the ladder, and with a couple of good shoves, I was able to open the trapdoor to the attic. But before I could climb in, like someone had pushed it, the trapdoor slammed shut again. Whatever was up there didn't want us coming in. I'm Tom Stewart, and this is my paranormal story. Before I start this episode, I want to thank you for listening. And if you really like my stories and would like to show your support, you can buy me a coffee. Just go to the website, buymeacoffee.com slash myparanormal, and you can literally buy me a coffee. And hopefully, the caffeine will help me with making more episodes real soon. Thanks again for your support. When you buy a house, one of the first things you want to do before signing that contract is to have an inspector check out the house for any damages, defects, or structural issues. And he'll go through the home and check out the roof, the plumbing, the electricity, and a number of other things just to make sure they're in good shape before you move in. But no one ever checks for ghosts. I've lived in a couple of haunted houses. I didn't own the homes, but if I had, I would have wanted to know if there was any history of hauntings or tragedy in the house. And surprisingly, in some states, you do have a right to know this information before you buy the home. For instance, in California, real estate agents are required to tell you if a person has died on the property in the past three years. Now that doesn't do you much good if the house is more than three years old, but at least it's something. In Arizona, they don't have to tell you about any deaths. But if there's a history of a haunting, they're supposed to tell you about that one. The rules on haunted real estate vary from state to state. And since paranormal activity is so hard to prove, especially in a courtroom, it's hard to set up laws on it. It's recommended that you at least ask your real estate agent about it ahead of time. Ask them if there have been any records of deaths or hauntings in the house or on the property. And then you should probably do some of your own research just to make sure. Years ago, when I first read about this, I thought to myself, how come no one hires paranormal investigators to inspect their homes? Like what a racket that would be. And then one day out of the blue, a psychic medium friend of mine named Irene sent me an email. Apparently, from time to time, mediums will in fact go to a new house and inspect it for people. Now, usually it's just a walkthrough to see if they get any feelings or energy. Then they usually cleanse the house by burning sage. That's a practice called smudging. And what it's supposed to do is it's supposed to remove or at least calm the spirits in a home. And once Irene has finished walking through a house, she'll light up a smudge stick and she'll let the smoke billow throughout the doorways and the corners and the crevices of every room in the house. Now, I've never done it myself, but I'm sure there's a special way of doing it. And the burning of sage, for spirituality reasons, goes back many centuries. 
to the Native Americans and even Egyptians in Roman empires. Now, Irene emailed me and told me she was going to be inspecting and doing a smudging of a home for some friends of hers who were planning to buy it. And she invited me to join her. She said she doesn't like going into vacant homes alone, and she thought it might be interesting to have a paranormal investigator join her. There was no pay or anything involved, but I'm never one to pass up the opportunity to discover new things in the paranormal. So I emailed her back and said, where and when? That weekend, I followed the directions Irene gave me. It was a cold December night, but luckily, no snow on the ground yet. I eventually found myself winding my way through a bunch of back roads in North Kingstown, Rhode Island, which eventually led me to a dead end on a cul-de-sac that had a dirt road leading off into the woods. After a short, bumpy trek into those woods, I came upon two houses across the street from each other. The one on the left was lit up with Christmas lights and decorations, but the one on the right was dark, and I could see Irene waiting in her car. The driveway was made of crushed stones and it crinkled and cracked as I slowly pulled in. The two-story house was nestled into a wooded area. It had a nice big front yard with what looked like an old chicken coop and a few caged-in areas for other livestock. The backyard looked small, and the whole property was just surrounded by trees and brush. It gave being out in the sticks new meaning. We climbed up a few wooden stairs onto a small deck that stretched around the side and back of the house, and I held the screen door open as Irene took out the key that the real estate agent gave her. We stepped inside, and I was able to find a light switch near the door that lit up the kitchen. For an old house, everything looked pretty modern. It had a fancy side-by-side -side refrigerator and a double oven next to that. A large sink was located under a window that looked out into the front yard. In the middle of the kitchen was an island that had more cabinet and counter space with four stove burners in the middle. On the other side of the room, there was an old-fashioned wood stove in the corner. From the looks of the soot, and wood dust, it was probably still working. And off to the side of the wood stove were two glass sliding doors that led out into a crudely built sunroom on the back deck. There was no furniture or anything to sit on in the kitchen, except for an old wooden stepladder. From there we explored the rest of the house. Down the hall was a small bathroom behind the first door on the left. Nothing fancy, small sink, toilet, tub with sliding shower doors. On the right of the hallway, the first door led to a set of stairs that went down into the basement, which we would eventually have to investigate. Further down the hall, you could enter the living room on the right. It had a fairly new-looking carpet and some leftover impressions from where a couch and a rather large TV once stood. It smelled a bit musty, like it hadn't had any fresh air in a while. And at the end of the hallway was a small bedroom slash office space. It was definitely too small to be the main bedroom. But a set of stairs in the living room led up to the second floor, where there was another bathroom, another small bedroom, and the large bedroom, the master bedroom, on the left. 
and in the ceiling right at the top of the stairs was a trap door to the attic, which I was hoping we wouldn't have to go into. We started off on the main floor. I took out a small audio recorder and pressed record as I walked around following Irene from room to room and corner to corner. She mostly just walked around slowly and aimlessly, occasionally stopping as if to get a better reception of a radio station or something. She was looking for energy, I guess. But it didn't seem like she was connecting with anyone or anything. But we continued on, headed into the living room and then the small bedroom, and we eventually ended up at the basement door. We slowly walked down a set of squeaky wooden stairs into an empty basement. On the right was a small utility room. It had a stacked washer and dryer and a small table up against the wall. And this was where the hot water heater and breaker box were. Nothing out of the ordinary. To the left, the basement opened up into a large empty room with a cement floor and cement walls, except for one, the inner wall had some old dusty wood paneling on it. The basement was mostly dark, except for a small light bulb we managed to turn on over the staircase. Irene slowly made her way around each corner of the room, sometimes stopping and whispering to herself. To be honest, I was starting to get bored, so I decided to do an EVP session in the basement. EVP stands for Electronic Voice Phenomenon. It's when paranormal investigators ask questions to the spirits, hoping they will answer on the audio recording device. As Irene headed back upstairs, I went up and grabbed the wooden stepladder and brought it down with me. I placed my audio recorder on the floor and sat on top of the ladder in the middle of the room and began to ask questions. It seemed as good a place as any. I spent about 15 minutes asking the usual EVP questions. Is there anyone here with me? Can you tell me your name? But then I asked a question that got a strange reaction. I asked, If you're down here, can you come in the room with me? And that's when I heard a sound that seemed like heavy breathing or maybe even a growl. Here's what it sounded like on my audio recorder. Here it is again. I looked around expecting there to be a raccoon or some kind of animal in the room with me. And that's when I noticed a small doorway in the corner up against the wall with the wood paneling. It sounded like the growl had come from there. So I called up to Irene and told her that there was another room down here in the basement. She came down and walked immediately over towards the doorway. Suddenly she stopped in her tracks and just stood there frozen with her eyes closed. What is it? I asked. And all of a sudden she opened her eyes and her face was as white as could be. She looked at me and said, I'm not going in there. And she slowly backed away. Naturally, 
This made me want to see what was back there even more. So I crouched down with my flashlight and slowly made my way through the small doorway. It turned out to be a kind of a crawl space behind the wall. The walls were all cement, but looked darker in color. And the floor had no structure to it. It was just a bunch of soft dirt, almost like a powdery beach sand. I took a couple of small steps in and shined my flashlight around. I couldn't see anything, but the room definitely felt heavy. It was like the air was thicker. And it made me feel like it was harder to breathe. It was very claustrophobic. But I didn't see anything of interest until I looked down at the sand. Right in the middle of the room, it looked like someone had drawn what looked like a, a circle with a star in the middle of it. Irene looked genuinely frightened. I think even with all of her medium experience, she had never come across something like this. It was going to take more than just some sage to make this house clean. As we discussed what we would tell her friends who were planning to buy this house, we all of a sudden heard footsteps on the ceiling above us. As clear as day, it sounded like someone was walking around upstairs. I led the way up the staircase, and we checked out both bedrooms and the bathroom, but there was no one up there. I mean, I checked closets and cabinets, nothing. And then we heard it again, footsteps above our heads. It wasn't coming from the second floor. It was coming from the attic. So I went back down and grabbed the stepladder, and Irene stayed right behind me headed back upstairs, and could still hear the footsteps. It definitely didn't sound like an animal, more like a person in boots pacing back and forth in the attic. So I set up the stepladder so I could reach the trap door. I tried to push it open, but it was heavy. After a couple of good shoves, I was finally able to get it to open. But no sooner did I open it, and boom! It slammed shut again. Whatever was up there definitely didn't want us up there too. I put the stepladder back in the corner of the kitchen where I found it. And we started heading towards the door when we heard a loud rattling banging sound. The banging was coming from the basement door. I could literally see the door moving, like something was on the other side trying to get out. The sound of the door banging was echoing through the house, and I could feel like a cold streak going through my body. I don't know if it was because of how empty and quiet the house was, but that banging door went right through me. Irene was about to go over and open it, and I stopped her. I said, I think we've seen enough to make our conclusion. The next day, as I reviewed my audio, 
I realized I had my recorder on through the entire ordeal. When I listened to the sound of that door banging again, it gave me the same chills. Right through my body. It was just like... Well, here it is. My Paranormal Story is written, produced, and narrated by me, Tom Stewart. Music from this episode, courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. If you enjoy my stories and would like to support the podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash myparanormal, or just click on the donate button on my website at myparanormalstory.com. I also have t-shirts and coffee mugs for sale. Unfortunately, Podcasts cost money, and your support helps me keep this podcast running. Thank you for your support. Please don't forget to subscribe so you'll know when I've added new episodes. And feel free to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for My Paranormal Story. If you have a podcast and you'd like to have me as a guest, or if you'd like to ask me a question or tell me your paranormal story, you can email me at myparanormalstorypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Tom Stewart, and this is my paranormal story.